Welcome to Fresno Front Podcast, and I'm Donovan coming to me live via Zoom is Roy. Long time no see. It's been a while, Donovan. It's There's been a long, strange trip these past few weeks for you, certainly. Oh, yeah. It's been an interesting month of December. I'm glad December's behind us. Yeah, so. and we're into the new year. Yeah, I don't want to get into all the negativity and all my stories of woe. Uh, it was December was rough, and I'm glad it's over. Yeah. So here we go. Well, here's to a brand new uh, 2022. So today we have with us Matt Waldron. Um, stop, 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 stop. First things first, Matt, will you please do us? Oh. <laughs> and look, say, I'm Matt Waldron from the San Diego Padres. You're listening to Friars on the Farm. Okay. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, please. Hi, I'm, I'm Matt Waldron. Uh, this is Friars on the Farm. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Did I, I say that right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I picked that up, but... So do you have anything going on that you want to plug any causes that you're a part of or any camps coming up or anything like that, that you, uh, that you want to promote? I'm sorry. What's that? Do you have anything that you want to plug any, any causes that you are supporting or any camps coming up that you're trying to promote or anything like that? I do not have that right now. No. Okay. All right. All right. I'll try this again. Ready? One, two, three. Welcome to Friars the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and coming to me live via Zoom is Roy. Hello again. It's been a while, Donovan. It has been a while. It has been a while. It's been a rough, rough month for you last month. Last well, year, and it's been a rough. It's been a rough go for a lot of people. My December was was pretty rough, and I don't want to complain too much. Uh, but I'm just I'm glad that the year has ticked over, yeah. and everybody's feeling better. And it's a new year, so hopefully that means new beginnings. It's a new year. It's a new, you know, it's like spring training. The, the first of the year is kind of like spring training for me. It's a whole year full of possibilities. Everyone's in first. I'm in first place again in the beginning of the year. <laughs> hey, we have Matt Waldron with us, and uh, he's joining us right now. Matt Waldron was drafted in the 18th round by the Cleveland Indians out of Nebraska and came to the Padres as the player to be named later in the Mike Clevenger trade. The Omaha native was sent to high Fort Wayne, where he'd begun showcasing a knuckleball to the tune of 75 strikeouts in 72 and a third innings and a 3.24 ERA. He finished the year in AA San Antonio and joins us here on Friars on the Farm. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. The pride of Omaha. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> hey, so so you so um, how's your offseason been going? It's been very good. Um, I went to, uh, it's a little bit shorter this year. Obviously last year was way different, but I went to uh, the fall league. So after I was done with that, I was November 20th. So I had nice, a nice Thanksgiving and shut down for a couple of weeks and just really enjoying the time off and um, preparing for next season as well. <clears throat> How'd you enjoy the fall league? That, that must've been a different experience for you. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I didn't, I had no idea what to expect and just, all the little details are taken care of and you're with new guys or different teams, players, and you learn a lot. And it, it was, it was special. I'm, I'm glad I won. Now I know no, sometimes people have a plan that they've got, like they're working on a different position or maybe as a pitcher, you're working on, on your pitch mix or how you're approaching people. Was there something in particular you were uh, working on for, for fall camp? Pretty much just similar to what I was doing all throughout the year. And that was transitioning from being, conventional or at least giving this really a shot and then seeing what it's like against top tier hitters and and just truly just learning more about it and kind of just working with um some of the padres on what to do and what to and just 
just literally taking step after or step in front of step. So how was it? How was it having AC? You know, it's kind of you know, your first year in pro ball. You you know you have a full season. You go up to double A. You come to the fall season, and that's usually you know held for players that are well on their way, kind of established in the minor leagues. Um, you've really did really well this year in Fort Wayne and sent the fall league, and then you find out the manager is uh, the manager of your of your team in minor leagues. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, it, it made it even more comfortable just knowing the manager and what to expect. It was, it was very awesome. What now, was it like that day AC that he showed up and hold on. I understand AC showed up in a different colored uniform for the Arizona fall league. Yeah. Did you know that? That was yeah. uh, half, like, uh, I think about halfway through. So he, he was wrapping the, the Padres Jersey and, and then he switched over to the Phillies because he had um, picked up over there. So it was, it was kind of a bummer at first, but it, I mean, it's part of the business and, they got a good one too. Did, did you hear that he had been uh, that he'd been hired by the Phillies first, or was that how you found out that he was wearing red and blue? I had kind of heard it like a day before or something, nothing too much, but it's something. Yeah, they had to, they couldn't really talk about, so it was you pretty much just found out when you saw the jersey, and it was okay. I see it now. It's, it's funny how it's still kind of hush hush in the minor leagues. You know, usually the major leagues, it's like. Our lips are sealed. Nothing said till the game of. I didn't think they'd be so secretive when it, you know, when it came to something like that in the minor leagues. Yeah, that stuff flies over my head. I don't know. I don't know how all the negotiations and what's in the contracts and whatnot. I, but it was interesting to experience. You pitched nine innings in the fall league. You did really well. What was the difference? You know, did you see in the in the competition, the fall league, in A ball, and even the double A? Pretty much, it's just the best couple of hitters on each so high and double a was somewhat similar i would say age was something that was a little bit different they were a little bit younger and high a, but talent wise definitely got better in double a and then that it was pretty much the the best hitters that I, that I had experienced throughout the year that was it was just a tick better it just it somehow gets better the talent gets better and better it's ridiculous actually now you were a starter uh, in San Antonio and Fort Wayne, and then in Arizona you were coming in. You, you weren't starting the games. Was it set up where it's like you knew that you were going to start an inning off, or were you coming in in the middle of an inning? So yeah, that was the biggest change for me from going to that from from uh, throughout the season to fall league was coming out of the bullpen and coming and coming out of the bullpen with the knuckleballs. Honestly, pretty frightening a little bit. It's it's not it's not easy because if you don't have it's just it's harder to find that groove and that buildup. It, it's very different actually. And yeah, that was the biggest difference. I would think, especially if you're throwing a knuckleball, it's something you got to really find a feel for in the bullpen. And then once you start the game, you got to kind of find a feel for it. If you even have it during the game. You exactly. Know? Exactly. You don't know what to expect sometimes, but I mean, you just got to freaking breathe and, and just find a way. Who, who is the catcher that you were working with most uh, in the fall league? Uh, Chandler Siegel. Oh, right. Right. And so you were already familiar with him from your time, you know, elsewhere in the Padres org a little bit, right? So he, yeah, I threw with him in double A and um, yeah, I worked a lot with him and actually more so a lot with uh, Juan Fernandez a lot too um, in double A, but uh, Chandler Siegel came to fall league as well. And so I, we just kept working on it together. And interestingly, he, we played catch so much. I started teaching him about it and I swear his was getting better too. It was kind of funny just to see 
that transition for him. Well, we had him on. We talked about him, you know, him catching you. He's like, oh my god, it's like catching a butterfly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know what it would look like coming in at me. You know, it would. It would be. It would. It would make things a little bit tougher. That's for sure. Well, certainly allowing you to throw longer into ball games, and that's uh, you know that's kind of what they look for in the major leagues or in baseball in general for guys to go deep into games. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was that? I just, it, it, you know, throwing the knuckleball yeah. allows you to go deeper in the game. Oh, oh, absolutely. Sorry about that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so you have, you have a, your twin brother played with you in Nebraska. How did that, how, how did that happen? So he, we both, uh, yeah, went to Nebraska and he initially went as a position player and uh, over time he wasn't getting the playing time enough. So he tried out pitching and um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to work with him and you kind of take it for granted a little bit because just because you're so used to it. But yeah, it was, that's exactly right. He was there with me. So were you, are you guys pretty similar pitchers as far as the, you know, what you threw and everything at the time? Yeah, actually we both had like, I would say pretty good command and, um, and just being able to throw the ball where he wanted, I would say, yeah, it was very similar. We, we both had the same arsenal and yeah. He's, he's right-handed as well. Exactly. Cause that'd be a trip if your twin was lefty and then the batter couldn't, they didn't know who was who like, wait, I thought this guy was righty. They died out. We could set him up too. <laughs> now, was he still playing ball? Or did he graduate and, uh, and just move on? Yeah, he's no, he's doing, um, he's doing some business work now. What was your major in, in, in uh, Nebraska? Um, I was trying to do business, but I ran into some trouble and I, I went and I finished with a degree in psychology and then a minor in business. Nice. Congratulations on getting a degree out of the, uh, out of the yeah. college experience. Thank you very much. It, it, not gonna lie, it took longer than I than I expected, but we got there <laughs> for another time. <laughs> well, and Darren Erstad was your coach. Yeah, he was awesome. What was that experience yeah. like? Just a guy that's been there, and everything he said was just on point. And he he he'd been in our shoes before, so you're like he knows how to communicate that way. And he just taught the little things and the little things are, are very important. And just, he was awesome. He was a great leader to have. Now, were you recruited to go to Nebraska or did, was that a place that you wanted to go to a long time? Both really. I, I was recruited there, but I, I, I wanted to go there. And once it happened, it was a no doubter. I, I, I definitely wanted to stay in state. Well, dude, you throw a no-hitter in the state championship game. Like, <laughs> that's badass, dude. <laughs> I kind of forget about that, but, yeah, it's it was – looking back on it, I'm pretty proud of that. And, I, yeah, it was awesome. It was a fun experience. Okay, so Omaha hosts the national – the uh, NCAA World Series every year. Have you have you been? Absolutely. I almost – they got to a point where I was going every year. At least you had to make a trip every year. and but I haven't been in forever just mainly because of the timing and, and the season runs in the way of that, but it's, it's a great experience. And even just something you want to experience once and be like, okay, it was, you just kind of check out what's new each year. And that's super exciting. And the talent's always pretty special. I've heard the whole town rolls out for it, that it's like oh, hospitality yeah. and everything. It's one of the best baseball experiences. Definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. absolutely. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. So, you know, the, the new thing this year is um, Major League Baseball is paying for the housing. 
Where did you stay last year? Well, in Fort Wayne, they had the apartments, right? So who was your right. roommate in the apartments? We had like six roommates. So, and they kind of came in and out or like, cause people would go up and down and whatnot. But yeah, I had a lot of roommates, so, but they were all awesome. And it's fun at least hanging out with them and, and taking your mind off of baseball for a little bit throughout who, the day. Who, who is the best cook? <laughs> oh, Mason Fioli. And it wasn't, it wasn't close. Oh, okay. We've talked to Mason a couple of times. Uh, we know he's a big music fan, so it must have been a loud place when he was around. Yeah, uh, he would always go on the deck and, and string something up. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, he he loved playing that, and his cooking skills were exceptional. So, and, and so did his musical. I mean, like, he has a very musical musical repertoire. Or you know, life. Did uh, did you guys find some common ground with music? <clears throat> a little bit he kind of showed me like just some some of the music he liked and it was it was fun to uh, it's a, a different music that I, I don't typically listen to but he got me onto it and i could see why he likes it but it's he's so into the guitar that it's i didn't know how like minute the de- the details are with with like talent and like stringing a guitar like I, I don't even i've never tried it and it's i know how hard it can be but yeah it was picked up a fair amount so, so being you're, from, you're a little bit of country. He's a little bit of rock and roll. Is what you're saying? Probably, but he kind of he has that. He like, like likes everything as far as music. Yeah. Who who's the sloppiest roommate you had? If you want to throw somebody under the bus, um, shoot, I gotta think. Uh, mm, Dude, you can pick honestly, yourself. they all weren't even that bad. They weren't that bad. I'm not even. I w- I would definitely throw someone under the bus, but I I can't so, even think. So I understand that the, the accommodations there in Fort Wayne, it's like a quad, right? They're like, everybody has their own bedroom and then there's a common living area and a shared kitchen. Is that kind of exactly. how the layout is? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So I'm curious to hear. I, so we go up to Lake Elsinore all the time and they have the host families. Um, and that's taken a lot of the, the, the burden of paying for the, you know, accommodations off the players. Yeah. Um, now that that's back on the team, I'm curious to see how that relationship changes. Um, if that's still an option or what, I guess we're going to find out this spring. Now you're, yeah, you're not, not sure. coming back to Lake Elsinore, but you know, have you, have you had a I chance didn't... to do the the host family thing at all? When I was in my draft year, when I was at the Indians, I, I did have a host family for a couple months, but not too much, but it was, I'm looking forward to not having to pay for housing. Honestly, I, I had to, I remembered that yesterday and I'm, I'm excited to get that going. That's fantastic. You can put that money to, to use to supplement your diet or, you know, maybe even get a guy. I, I don't know. Just maybe put yeah. some money away a little bit. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, you, right, got, so pay, name, you, got, you got car insurance, you got your old, your cell phone bill. I mean, it's yeah. you guys, the, the, the minor league pay is something that we've been paying a lot of attention to. So I don't, you know, we're, we're not here to get anybody in trouble, uh, mm-hmm. but it definitely, I'm glad to hear that there's so much that things are starting to change. Yeah. for everybody um and hopefully this is just the start of more to come because yeah. baseball really does need to do the right thing to take care of the guys that you know, hopefully you make it and someday you're you know making millions of dollars but there are a lot of guys that stick in baseball for eight ten years mm-hmm. making below poverty wages yeah. it's 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 rough when you think about the life that those guys live and then they're done with baseball and there's nothing left for them because they didn't stick with college mm-hmm. and get an education yeah that's exactly right and I think yeah, this the housing one's definitely a bonus. That's that's definitely gonna that's a good step for sure. 
Hey, so what do you do in uh, so what do you do in Nebraska for fun? I love to golf, but it just sucks because it's so cold here right now, yeah. and you just can't. Yeah, I love golfing. I love it. I'm not the best either, but it's it's Roy, so that's fun. you. That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your what's your handicap? Did you carry I, one? It's probably I, I don't. I haven't calculated a whole lot, but when I was last year, it was like a it was like a nine. It was it was pretty north. That's pretty good, though. I mean, that you broke an eighty at some point, then, right? Yeah, just just freaking like once or twice. That's all right. You know, a lot of guys play for decades and never even sniff that. So that's 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 yeah. good. But you're playing. Yeah. I mean, pitchers are known to be decent golfers, right? That's kind of a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you get any rounds in this last season? Yeah, we would go. We'd have Monday off, so I, I would always try and go every Monday. But um, even in the fall league, I went I went a couple of times with with a couple guys, and it, it's always fun to get out, always. And what uh, there's, there's a couple, there's a really good. There's a, you know the the Phoenix Open is in, in obviously in Phoenix there. Oh yeah. Um, there's a couple of really really good golf courses in Scottsdale. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it costs I money. Plenty of those, but that would be <laughs> that's on the good that's on the dream. Right. The okay, <laughs> so go ahead. Where did you get the name Matty Ice? I don't. I, I think I got it actually a long time ago. I don't. I don't really. I don't. I don't know. I. Did I you just crush Natty Ice's natural ice beer and then like, yeah, <laughs> no? But that'd be that'd be a funny no. It's it's Matty with an M though, not yeah. <laughs> like like Matt Ryan, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, and it's weirdly carried on. I. So I'm curious about your evolution as a pitcher. I, you, you're probably tired of talking about this. This is what everybody, yeah. but you, when you came over from the Indians, you weren't throwing a knuckleball at all, right? Never, not even, I haven't, I haven't really thrown it before this year. What was like the first, I mean, everybody, every kid messes around with a knuckleball, but how, where did that come from? That same thing. I was just a kid and my, my older, my oldest brother, and I had a twin brother and we'd always play catch. So like, we just, go out back and throw for even if it was for 30 minutes but yeah it just literally messing around with it and i remember playing like the mvp one of the one of the video games and i remember tim wakefield my, my brother and i would play video games together and we would always make it a rule that you couldn't use him because he was just so hard to hit in that video game and so we were messing around out back and it was decent at the time believe it or not and then we just never really never really tried it so what was your repertoire uh, before you started throwing the, the knuckleball? Uh, um, a four-seam fastball, uh, a changeup, and a, and a slider, and occasionally a curveball. That was me in college, but I, I'm, I'm more slider versus curveball now. Okay, so then how did the knuckleball become even an idea that you might want to throw in a game? It was weird. It happened kind of like within a day. Like I was joking around one time with Chase Walter, just playing catch in spring training. And I started throwing it to him. He's like, and one of the, one of the coaches saw it and they're like, you got to just see what that's like on the rap soda. And the numbers are pretty good. And it was just, can you keep doing that? And yeah, it just happened very suddenly. Sudden, suddenly. Have you, have you watched it on the Ezertronic? It's gotta be interesting seeing how it comes off your hand and then watching Cause you're used to seeing the spin and picking up the axis while well, this isn't doing any of that. Right. No, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty fun to watch. I think that's what people enjoy the most. Sometimes when I'm throwing a bullpen, it's just, it's unique and it's, yeah, it's fun to watch. So well, it seemed like for a while you were throwing a ton of knuckleballs 
you're probably trying to to work that into your game as much as you could. Just uh, has your has your pitch mix evolved as the season went along? Yeah, pretty much. It was they wanted me at the number was eighty percent, so they wanted eighty percent knuckleballs just to really see what it's like over time. And then I would pretty much just be a fastball here and there. So, and then occasionally a slider, like. If I had a hard time throwing a first strike, I would rely on the slider. And they kind of didn't like that because they want to see if you can find a way out of that jam, if that makes sense. So it's, it's they really want me dependent on that knuckleball. Yeah, as a pitcher, you need to develop, hey, I have it in the third, fourth inning, but not the fifth. Or, right. I've, you know, or I got the fastball and slider early, but I need to throw that knuckleball to keep them honest. It's development. It's minor leagues. And I would think that the knuckleball has got to be probably the hardest pitch to kind of develop and kind of, you know, as a major league quality pitch with pitch selection in the minor leagues, figuring out how, when to use it, how often to use it, you know, what to complement it with. And you don't complement it with an 85 mile an hour fastball. You're, you're low to mid nineties. Yeah. 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 For the most part, I, I think average would be 93, but it's when you don't throw a fastball, every pitch, you can kind of rear back a little more when that fastball comes. So that helps climb the velo a little bit. Now, I'm trying to think of all the coaches and everything within the Padres organization, and I don't think there are any former knuckleballers in the mix. Have there been any coaches that have really worked with you to, to help you figure out how to harness the thing? So I've talked with, um, and especially in the fall league, I talked with Tom Candiotti, and he helped a ton with the knuckleball. And just he would show up every day, not every day, but he'd show up throughout the games or like on important days where I might be pitching. And he would just literally come out down the line and help me out. And I even had a Zoom call with Ari Dickey and um, Tim Wakefield. So really, I'm just catching all kinds of point of views from what they got. And it's interesting, but believe it or not, they're all pretty relatively the same. Like there is an art and technique to it that it's not just. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's Charlie, awesome. I know Charlie, yeah. Huff, Charlie Huff hangs around here in Southern California. How did you wind up striking up that friendship with Tom Candiotti? Because he isn't coaching in the fall league is he no he just uh lives right there in that um scottsdale area so they were like i, I don't know who reached out but someone in, in the front office or someone set that up so thank you to whoever that was <laughs> that's awesome yeah the, um, how'd you pick up the interview you know the, the discussion with with all right dickie and tim wakefield like i said they just kind of set it up and i think somebody gave me his number and it yeah they just they said hey give me a call whenever and I, they they like helping or like keeping that alive a little bit so they they enjoyed the conversation too you're carrying the torch <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> it's funny yeah i've noticed that so my season my wife and i we sit right by the bullpen at petco park and so the padres bullpen and the visiting bullpen are right next to each other and sometimes i'll see the padres pitchers like felix hernandez was in town and oh he was talking to a couple of the Padres players and they're kind of leaning over the fence showing each other. So they're asking him, how do you throw this? And he's showing him the grips and his release. And it, I think that's, a, that's, a, there's like a fraternity among pitchers that it's not like magicians where you don't show off your secrets and people want to share what they do because I'm, Absolutely. I, I can show you how to grip it and how to release it. doesn't mean you're going to be able to do yeah, it. Like I do. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's, it's almost like, yeah, you're not giving away any secrets really. And yeah. At this point, people at this point in baseball, I think, would have ran across a secret, and there isn't really one. It's just, it is fun to see. 
I, I know what you mean. Have, have you noticed some changes with the pitch as you've become more familiar with it? Um, like in, in how you release it or what you're trying to yeah, do with it? Definitely. And that's, it's almost, it's a really a feel pitch. So like I, one thing that's really important is um, backspin is way worse than forward spin, but obviously, so you really want to try and barely get on top of it. And, and so that's, there's a couple fundamentals like that that are really important. And that's one of them, like no backspin and just, other than that, it's really kind of a feel pitch and just don't grab the seams pretty much. But it sounds like you throw it for strikes more than most knuckleballers from, from what I've kind of gathered. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't. And maybe it's cause it's not moving as much. I don't know what it is, but it's, <laughs> but you feel like you got pretty decent control to stay around the strike zone with it. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So you're, are you being throw getting ready for spring training now? Yeah, absolutely. So what's the ramp up for that? Do you have a throwing program? Is there a workout routine? I, what's your, what's it your has schedule? Been kind of different. Yeah. It has been kind of different than years past. And that's kind of something that was a little bit hard to adjust to because it's not something you just go and train your arm to do. Like you got to build your arm up and then you got to work on that, that pitch while also trying to ramp up it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a mix of both, but really I just want to make sure my arm's healthy and then I'll, I'll really start working on it. So are you throwing now? Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw every day and then, um, I'll just make sure I have that feeling and then I'll leave and then until I really need to start using it. Is your dad, is your brother catching you or your dad catching you or you got a buddy? Yeah, I got a buddy that's in the Mets organization. So he's, yeah, he's, he's very helpful as well. And we just, it's, it's nice to have somebody to work with for sure. Have the, have the coaches and the player development people been keeping in touch with you throughout the off season? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just kind of. I mean, I know they got the whole MLB negotiation with the players' union, so I'm, I'm sure they're pretty busy. But yeah, they're 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 doing their best. Well, there's been a lot of change, a lot of turnover within the Padres organ. Sam Gini left. Um, yep. Ruben Niebla was signed as the pitching coach, and a lot of people are looking to him kind of as some kind of a guru to oversee. I I don't know. People expect him to come in like the. Like the, the whole pitching. <laughs> yeah. He's going to wave his magic wand and make everybody Cy Young. Yeah. Hey, why not? He's going to try. Now you came over from the Indians uh, organization. Um, I asked you before we started, it sounds like you haven't really worked directly with him, uh, but what, what's your experience with him? Pretty much just, I was in Mahoning Valley. So I was in, this is my draft year. So it was the short season, a team at the time. Um, so I, they'd always make their ways around. So one day he was, he was there and just had a bullpen and they usually come out and check a bullpen and he was there doing that. And I remember exchanging a little bit with him and, but uh, not a lot. He, he would seem very smart and um, yeah, hopefully I get to work with him again. That'd be awesome. Now, who was your pitching coach? Who are the pitching coaches that you worked with, uh, with the Padres this year? Um, JJ. So um, Jimmy Jones. <laughs> Yes, Jimmy Jones and geez, I'm spacing right now. Um, San Antonio, the mission's freaking pitcher, pitching coach. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, well, we know Ralph Padron. We had the hitting coach on the on the podcast. He's a friend of the podcast, but not the uh, Pete Zamora that we had on. From, yeah, like Elsinore is over in in El Paso. Yeah, so I work with Zamo, Zamo, and uh, Pete Zamora and Jimmy Jones. Zambo's awesome. We had him on the podcast. He's uh, he's, yeah. he's a baseball lifer. Yeah, and I didn't know he played. Or uh, 
sometimes you forget that or what their experience is with it. And it sounds like he, yeah, he, he did pretty well. Now, does that matter to you if, if, you know, if they've made the major leagues or if they, you know, played anything out of college or just their knowledge you really want to know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of more the knowledge, but yeah, I probably shouldn't. Sometimes I'll probably think that way. Not, and then I'll catch myself, but like it, it, you learn what you learn and it doesn't really like, yeah, that's a good question though. You know what? Along those lines, I want to bring something up. Um, just in the news recently, the Yankees uh, hired Rachel Balkovic to to manage one of their affiliated teams, the first woman mm-hmm. manager in professional baseball, as far as I know. So, no yeah. So nobody's ever going to look at her and go, well, did you ever make the majors? Um, but I mean, everybody has amazing things to say about her background, her knowledge, her understanding of, of baseball. Uh, and I hope to see her flourish in the role. I, I'd imagine that there's a, there's always this macho thing that that mm-hmm. people bring, um, but it would be it, it would be amazing to see uh, to see more women around baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like it's it's if you yeah, it, it all comes down to just knowledge and like even just caring. How how badly do you love this game? And like you'll listen to those people. It doesn't matter. Now she said that she wants to be a, a future GM or something like that. She's got some high aspirations. Uh, good, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, so um, so you ready to do a quick fire and get you out of here? All right. Okay. So it's, it's not necessarily a quick fire. I kind of adjusted this one a little bit to uh, you know, to kind of just maybe uh, you know, just kind of just play along with me here. A bunch of fun <laughs> questions. Here it goes. You're so you're a native. You're a native. You're from Omaha, Nebraska boy through and through. You're there now. So I would suspect you know a little bit about you know Nebraska trivia yeah. or Nebraska knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I okay. Hope I live up to it. Okay. What's Nebraska state fish? Oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> oh my. I should know this, but I don't. It's a channel cat. Okay. Shoot, I'm going to be in trouble. All right. Well, I just got a couple. Do you, do you fish? You fish over there in Nebraska? Not really. Not not yet. I'll say that. I think I might. I think it'd be it'd be pretty nice, but I haven't done. Any hunting? No. I know. Just just the corn. God dang. All right. <laughs> so there's just like just like right behind you on your banner, Donovan. Right. <laughs> yeah, that looks awesome. <laughs> um, there have been five baseball Hall of Famers from Nebraska. Can you name two of them? Bob Gibson. Is he from? Yes, he is. is. That That's one. Um, and then um, is Alex Gordon even? Is he? I don't think he's been out of the out of the. I don't think he's been out of the game long yeah, enough. To even, yeah, years. Okay. He hasn't even made um, the ballot yet. And it was pretty. It was pretty pretty recent. So Wade Boggs. Okay. Jeez. I'm looking at the list here. The rest of the guys go way back. So Alexander yeah. GC Alexander, Wahoo Sam Crawford, Dazzy Vance, Richie Ashburn, and Bill Southworth. Oh, That's digging deep. Okay. Okay. This one you should know. Mm. Nebraska is home to the largest weight room in the United States. Where is it located? The largest what? It has the largest weight room. Nebraska is home to the largest weight room in the United States. Where is it located? This one hits really close to home. Is it the UNL campus? Is yep. It? Okay. Yep. Oh. Ding, 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 I, I worked out in there, so that's awesome. 
<laughs> Are you the most famous person from your high school? I went to high school with Jake Myers also, and he debuted for the Astros. And I was teammates with him and went to college with him. So probably not. And I'm not upset about it. All right. We're going we're gonna to move on to the simple uh, yes or no's or either or. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Westside High School, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> what you shout out. <laughs> so, so you've been to uh, San Antonio, you've been to Arizona, uh, Whataburger or In-N-Out? Um, I'd say Whataburger. That's going to piss some people off, but I, <laughs> and even In-N-Out, I'm sorry. I, I think it's slightly overrated, except I think it's slightly overrated. And I'm that's just going and that's going to make people mad. You're entitled to your opinion. It's all right. Absolutely. Shift or no shift? Uh, no shift. Yeah. Oh, so what do you think about the automated strike zone? Have you had any experience with that? Um, yeah, it was. I loved it. I loved it. I, I feel like the hitter side that it did because, you know, it's not it's it's there. It's not. But it's it does take the whole human aspect out. I That's a toss up for me, but I, I liked it. I, I liked it because he'd also give the calls to it wasn't just like someone yelled out like some computer yelled out. It was a strike like. The umpire is getting the, the call. Yeah, I still want to have the umpire behind the plate pulling the chainsaw. Here. For sure. Ah! For sure. Yeah. Well, and, uh, quick question there. Did you did you see any pitches that you threw? You're like, wow, that's a strike or, or that wasn't a strike. Or did you get any pitches? You know what I mean? Like on the automated strike zone? Yeah. I had one. Yeah, I thought that was not in there. but And then I heard it and it was because it's it was slightly more wide versus up and down. So it was... Um, so there was one a little low in a way that I was surprised I got. I've heard that they, they've they adjusted the zone a couple of times through this whole process mm. because they've started out with a very literal zone and there were some pitches that were practically in the dirt, but they nipped the very front corner of the plate. Yeah. So they, they shrunk really? it a little bit and then they expanded yes, it exactly. in exactly. and out just a little bit just to make 100%. it more like a, like a re- normal baseball. Yeah. yeah. Strike zone. All right. What actor would play you in a movie? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll just go with Matthew McConaughey. That's a all little right, bold. All right, all, all right, right, all right, all right. right. <laughs> That's so bad. That's a good choice. Yeah, you, you sound a lot like him. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, I would say no. I'd say it's not. Best dressed teammate. Mm, best dressed teammate. Mm. I feel like it's hard to say because they just show up on, right. I don't know. They'd be more, yeah, geez. One of the Latin guys, uh, they all, they, can, they do you all. Have, do you have any good stories about Juan Fernandez, about Chimi? I know the guy's got a ton of personality. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he just, his laugh is freaking hilarious too. Like it just makes you freaking laugh too. And it, yeah, he's just hilarious. His mindset's awesome. Very positive dude. That's gotta, well, that's gotta help you out as a pitcher. If he's kind of keeping you light. <laughs> Keeping you a little bit distracted so you're not getting too serious out there. Absolutely. And even just like, yeah, what he does behind the plate, just like point at me or anything subtle like that, just like is, is refreshing. So he's yeah. really animated when he's behind the plate. He's with the gestures yeah. and all that. Yeah. Especially on like big pitches. Yeah. It just, it's, he's a fun guy to work with. All right. We nice. couldn't find, I couldn't find anything here. So this is a shot in the dark. Call of Duty or Fortnite? I would say. I would probably say Call of Duty. I, I used to play both, but I would say Call of Duty now. 
He'd rather be out on the driving range, though. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it's a uh, favorite non-baseball athlete. Um, I kind of like Joe Rogan. I don't know. That's pretty controversial, but I think all right. just. All right. All right. No, it's fine. <laughs> is, is he an athlete? I mean, no, I guess he does a little bit of MMA. He said favorite non-athlete. Oh, non-athlete. Okay, I was thinking non-baseball athlete. Uh, so now, growing up in Omaha, you're not really all that close. I guess Kansas City is the closest uh, major league city to you. Did you grow up following any particular team? Um, the Red Sox, but it wasn't super a super strong um, support. But I would say it would be the Red Sox growing up. Now, nice. were, were you in Nebraska or were you in – because Omaha is kind of right on the border, right? Uh, yes. Omaha's right on the border with Iowa, so it's very east. Okay. Hmm. And they have the Iowa Cubs there, so I thought maybe that would maybe that would cross pollinate over there in the area. Yeah, but maybe. now they're blacked out from like half the league. You can't watch anything in, in that part of the country. What's that? I don't know. I mean, you can't watch. There's no Cubs. You're blacked out from um, the Cardinals, yeah. from the Royals, from the Twins. Yeah. There's yeah. all these teams that people, if you have an MLB.com subscription or whatever, you yeah. can't, you can't watch any yeah. of them. It's no, a little bit brutal. Cause then what you're going to drive four hours to go watch a baseball game. It's, it's a little yeah. unfair. I, I hope baseball changes that real soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up, they, they rarely televised the Padre games here. I watched, you know, the Cubs growing up with WG and, and, the, and the White Sox. So same thing with, uh, with the Braves, like those games were the games that were played. So here there's a lot of those fans that grew up, Cup fans, because that was the only team that was on TV. Yeah, no, and that makes complete sense. All right, major league or Bull Durham? <clears throat> uh, major league. How far are you from the but, Field of Dreams Park? Um, it's what part of Iowa is that in? The corn part. I don't know. Uh, it's near <laughs> Dyersville. <laughs> yeah, it it's got to be. It's probably around three hours. Okay. Now they're building up this whole complex out there. They got the stadium. They played the big league thing. And I, that was fun. Nice. Oh yeah. That's the whole other end of the state from you. Yeah. Oh, then probably more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey man, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and chat with us for a little bit here. Um, This was a blast, dude. We, uh, we hope you, we hope the best, you know, not only in the off season, but you know, get out of, uh, you know, starting double a, Make your way to El Paso. We'll see you in San Diego uh, pretty soon. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me, man. It was fun. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. See you. All right, guys. That was cool. Yeah. That was nice. It's been a while. Time. <laughs> It's been a while yes. since we have interviewed anybody. So I felt, felt really rusty. I was really rushed kind of getting in. The, the equipment is going with me. <laughs> We're having all kinds of technical difficulties. But, uh, no, that was interesting. I, I'm I interested to hear just the evolution of, of how Matt went from fastball yeah. curve change up to, to being a knuckleball pitcher. It's such a dramatic shift. Um, and, and he's just he's taking it and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, no one grows up going like, I'm going to be a knuckleball pitcher. It's kind of one of those things. It's, you know, it's either going to save my career. And with him, it's like, I was just farting around, you know, throwing a bullpen, farting around. And one of the coaches saw it and said, hey, try to throw that again. And 
it kind of evolved from there. It's not something more like we're going to sit down, we're going to teach you how to throw this. This is going to be your vlog. You know, this is whatever. Well, really fun. I really want to see what AAA looks like with him. That kind of sounds similar to the story of how Trevor Hoffman figured out his changeup. That he was playing catch with, uh, I think he was playing catch with Doug Bockler, but he learned the pitch. He learned the grip from, I can't remember the guy, but they're just playing catch. And then all of a sudden the ball does something totally weird, takes a dive and it hits Bockler in the kneecap or something. <laughs> He's like, how'd you do that? Okay, do that again. That same kind of eureka moment. Like, oh, you got something. Yeah. It's really nice to see him in a full season of double A too as well. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, hopefully next year he gets to pitch all year long, stay at one level, or you know, maybe even move up to AAA would be would be awesome. Um, yeah, he's he's twenty five, so I'm sure at this yeah, he's getting hungry. It's like, okay, when's my shot gonna come? But this could be the change that that pumps him up there. Absolutely. Hey, so that's uh, you know that's that's Matt Waldron. We have a couple of guys we're trying to get a hold of right now and have more people in the future, but it's been really spotty with and just you know. Well, life has gotten in the way. Yeah, I mean, I I was pretty much on the shelf the whole month of December. Um, yeah, you've had stuff going on. You've been yeah. traveling. Um, now you guys have stuff going on at home. Um, <laughs> you were gonna be going to fantasy camp, and now that's not happening. Ugh. I'm sorry to keep bringing that up and just twisting that knife. Well, you know, it's I I'm, I'm, I want my pudding now, so I can push it off to next year. But that's next year. Mm-hmm. And that's a long, you know, no, tomorrow's never promised. We only have today. Yes. But you, so today, you, already, today. you already paid all the, you already paid yeah. full boat. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you were able to, to defer that for next year. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so you were saying breaking news. Well, well, the breaking news is, you know, and today they announced that the major league baseball, uh, major league baseball will be bringing a offer to the table this Thursday um, which is the first time that they've talked since December 2nd. Oh, and, yes. And with that, it seems a late in the game to bring the first proposal. Like, yeah, but, it, but before all this started, I mean, when the stoppage happened, this consensus seemed to be that nothing would really happen until January rolled around because there's no real incentive. There's no pressure on, on Major League Baseball to get right. back on the field. Now, the closer we get to spring training, the closer they are to potentially not making money. And that's, what's really going to, going to make them hurt and, and take some action. Um, but now the, I guess you got the clock ticking. It's January 11th. So we're a little over a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah. That's so it's about time. And you know that the two sides are far apart. So there's yeah. going to have to be a lot of negotiations going on. I hope in 2020, those negotiations became so public and so ugly. And I really hope that that doesn't happen this time. Right. And it's a little more meetings in two more weeks. They have this, this is kind of, you know, writers, the, the big writers will, will, will parse out what, you know, major league baseball is doing in, in more of a productive way, maybe. And then, then like, you know, the rhetoric you would hear from Tony Clark or from, I almost said Bud Siegler, but you know, from, uh, Who's the, who's the commissioner of baseball? Oh, I, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred. I try to forget that guy. You know, I just try to forget who he is. Oh, man. So it, it's everybody's just calling for his head. But, you know, he, we, we got to deal with him. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, interesting. I, it's going to be definitely interesting to see, you know, if there's going to be a DH. Like all of that kind of stuff, all the stuff that you've been seeing, talking about during this, this last season, I think is no brainers. It's the big, the big stuff is the team control of a player 
getting the younger player to free agency sooner so they can make more money because that window is not guaranteed. Like you may be playing well young now, but two years from now you may be injured. You know what I mean? There's just the life of a major league baseball player is so short. It sounds average. like it sounds like both sides want the DH, uh, but ownership wants to use it as some kind of a, of a negotiating tool. And then they want the expanded playoffs so owners yeah. can make more money. I mean, it's all it's all about money when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I, I just hope that baseball starts on time. We've got a spring training trip planned. I hope that I get to watch big leaguers and minor leaguers. But even if it's just minor leaguers, we'll still go. Uh, but I, I, I want to see baseball in the beginning of, of April. I want to see baseball starting on opening day. I don't want to have to wait a month or two for – but if that's what it's going to take for them to make the right changes for the long-term good of the game, I guess that's yeah. the sacrifice it's worth making. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll see. And hopefully we'll have some news about that uh, in our next episode. So till then you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at zippy underscore TMS. Go. Let's go Padres. Go Padres. <laughs> can we say that in the lockout? Sure. We're not under contract. We're not okay. covered by the union. <laughs> We're not getting paid. <laughs> Money back at the door